Hello and welcome to the broadcast. Now, the previous episode, we spoke about the kingdom of God that cannot be moved. And I mentioned a few things, you know, concerning kingdom. And, and like in Isaiah 9, it said, you know, um, unto us a, son, a child is born, a son is given, the government is upon his shoulders, and of the increase of his kingdom and peace, there shall be no end. And we looked at, um, at Daniel and the King Nebuchadnezzar also had a dream of this statue and the statue had a head of gold and it had a torso of silver and it had a belly of bronze and, and legs of, of um, steel and the feet of a mixture of steel and of or, uh, iron and clay. And um, Daniel gave him the interpretation. He said, you know, the, the head of gold was King Nebuchadnezzar's um, Babylon and his kingdom. And the silver was the Medes and the Persians, and the the bronze was uh, the, the kingdom of Greece, and the, the legs were the iron um, were Rome, and then the divided kingdom, you know, Rome split into east and west, um, and it was the feet that was made of clay and iron. So, and then in this dream, this big rock that was not cut from human hands, it came down and it smashed the whole thing to pieces and it was all removed and this rock was the, the everlasting kingdom of God and it just grew and grew and grew and filled the whole earth and um, this is just such an awesome um, amazing thing about the kingdom of God it uh, in, in Haggai chapter 2 we also read it last time you know um, the, the kingdom uh, you know God said he will shake everything that can be shaken and he will remove the kingdoms of the world kingdoms of the earth in the future so this is it speaks of the same thing the kingdoms of the earth would be removed and be destroyed now last time I said just note this that in this vision of the the statue there is no gap between the legs and the feet there is no gap between the the legs and the belly it's one statue it's one continuous thing that happened and um, and also in the dream uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar had of the tree that was cut down and, and uh, um, you know the the guy that came from heaven said seven years and King Nebuchadnezzar was in the field for seven years it was a continuous seven years it, there was no gap between one year and the next okay so uh, it is established now that we spoke about last time that the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. It's a kingdom that shall never end. Okay, And that kingdom he has brought to earth. He said um, in, um, in Luke chapter 17, the kingdom of God will be in you. Now, if the kingdom of God is inside us then, uh, and, and the kingdom is everlasting, then how can we then just be taken away in a rapture? It makes absolutely no sense. Okay. So, uh, for instance, it says also in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, has the will of God been done? Yes. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9, it says, And here I am coming to do your will. Thus he does away with the old to establish the new. And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy by the offering of the flesh body of Jesus Christ once for all. So the will of God has been done. So back to Matthew chapter 6, he says, um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So heaven's kingdom must come, and it must come here. So it happened when Jesus Christ 
uh, died on the cross. He, he destroyed the, the old kingdoms. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, the kingdom came. And signs, wonders, and miracles was, were performed right across the world. Everyone saw it and clearly saw the, the authority of God in man. He said, the kingdom will be in you. The kingdom is signs, wonders, and miracles. And he sent, in the same context, he sent um, the disciples out in Matthew chapter 10. And he said, go and preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, and then go and heal the sick, cure the lepers, raise the dead. <laughs> that is the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, kingdom that shall never be destroyed. This great rock that just grows and just becomes, becomes this great mountain. Okay, so um, the kingdom of God will fill all the earth. So uh, the, the Bible also says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Now, how can the meek inherit the earth if the meek are raptured away to planet heaven? It makes no sense. It, there's absolutely no logic in it. I just want to bring direction. There's some fear-driven doctrines about end times and raptures and things. And there might be a lot of people that think, now, who is this guy that speaks about this? And I have the word behind me. <laughs> and I believe that God really helps us, you know. So uh, what I want to say is... Um, I just want to ask the preachers who preach the rapture, who preach those things, just really please, it's a cry of my heart to say, go search the scriptures, because we cannot both be right. Either you are right, or I am right. Either you are wrong, or I am wrong. Okay? And if either of one is wrong, it means someone is preaching another gospel. And then Paul says, let him be accursed. So just for your own sake, just make sure that whatever you are preaching is truly what God says. Because if you stand up in the name of the Lord and you say, Thus saith the Lord, and you speak words of fear, and you put people into the works of the flesh again, in order to qualify them to, to qualify for this rapture that, has, that everyone has prophesied that that's never happened. You know, how many false prophets... Does there have to be that stands up and prophesies the rapture and then it doesn't happen and no one says sorry and no one stands up and say that guy is a false prophet because he prophesied in the name of the Lord and it's not, it did not come to pass. It's a lie. So um, when will people just realize that all these people that are prophesying the end of the world and they're saying, oh, the end of the world will be in May or the, the rapture will be in October and all that, when will those people be, just be rejected by the church? Why do they just keep on preaching and they bring out another book and they buy another jet? So I just really, Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, please just see the truth for once and just see the, these doctrines for what they are. And people who preach it, please just search the scriptures for your own sake and receive the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom. It shall not be moved. Okay, which means we will not move to somewhere else. Christ is coming here. It's the second coming, not the church going. It's the second coming. Okay, so let's just look at a few things. Now, I want to start in Daniel chapter 9, you know, the 70 weeks of Daniel. At verse 24, 70 weeks of years or 490 years are decreed upon your people and upon your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish and put an end to transgression. Okay, behold the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sin of the world. So who put an end to transgression? Jesus did. To seal up and make full the measure of sin, to purge away and make ex uh, expiation and reconciliation for sin. 
So who has purged the way? The, the son of the world. Jesus Christ. Okay? And make expiation and reconciliation for sin. And even in Hebrews chapter 10 that we quoted earlier on, it said, um, Here I am coming to do your will. Thus he does away with um, the first former order. In the Amplified, he says in brackets, as a means of expiating sin. So expiation has happened. The sin has been taken out. Okay? Put an end to transgression. To seal up and make full the measure of sin. To purge away. Okay, we have been purged from our sins by the blood of Jesus. And make expiation and reconciliation for sin. To bring an everlasting righteousness. Okay, so we have received righteousness. Okay, Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, um, You knew us and became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. So His righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And we also saw that in Isaiah chapter 9. Okay, and then he says, uh, everlasting righteousness, spiritual rectitude in every area relation, to seal up vision and prophecy and prophet and to anoint the Holy of Holies. Okay, so has the Holy of Holies been opened? Yes. Has the Holy of Holies been, been anointed and, and dedicated and opened for us? Yes. It's clearly stated in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 and 20. Okay, so then he says, Know therefore and understand that, that from the going forth the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem until the coming of the anointed one, a prince shall be seven weeks of years and sixty-two weeks of years. It shall be built again with city square and moat, but in troublous times. And after the, the sixty-two weeks of years, shall, be, shall the anointed one be cut off or killed, and shall have nothing and no one belonging to and defending him. Okay, so he was led to the slaughter like a sheep. Okay, so Jesus was crucified, the anointed one was cut off. I think everyone is in agreement with that. And the people of the other prince who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, here is where, where people um, now miss the plot. Because they think, now, this last week is still a week that must come. People think this last week of years is not fulfilled. So, everything was fulfilled up to Christ. And then suddenly, there was a 2,000 years timeout, and then the last week of years would now just be later, after 2,000 years. Remember what I said, there's no gap between the legs and the feet. There's no gap between the, the belly and the legs. There, is, there was no gap in which Nebuchadnezzar uh, took in his seven years. He did not take a 10-year gap <laughs> to, to just you know, not be like an animal in the grass. It happened seven continuous years. Now, it is exactly the same way here. There is no gap. Okay? And then it says, and the people of the other prince who will come to destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, okay. In 70 AD, this people came. Alright? In 70 AD, the Romans came and destroyed Jerusalem. And Matthew 24 was completely fulfilled. It said, not one stone was found upon another. Now, the writings of Josephus clearly states it in detail. That the temple was destroyed. And that was the greatest tribulation that there ever was on the face of the earth. Okay? Now, in Matthew chapter 23 and 24, there are just a few things that I want to bring to your attention. It says in Matthew chapter 23 verse 36, Jesus speaking, Truly I declare to you, all these, evil all these evil calamitous times will come upon this generation. Okay. 
So, 24, Jesus departed from the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to call his attention to the buildings of the temple and point them out to him. And he answered them, Do you see all these? Truly I tell you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Now that was fulfilled in 70 AD. Alright, so now in verse 14. This good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then, the end, then will come the end. Okay, so now, in that time, before 70 AD, the gospel was preached throughout all the nations. That end that he's speaking about is the end of all those kingdoms. It is the end of all those things. The end has come. It was destroyed. Those, those, uh, the dream of the, the four kingdoms has been fulfilled. Um, the Jewish, you can call it like a kingdom, uh, it was completely destroyed. They, they were scattered throughout the nations. The temple was completely broken down. Not one stone was left upon another. Okay, so now verse 21. For then there will be a great tribulation, <laughs> affliction, distress, and oppression, such as has not been from the beginning of the world. Until now, no and never will be again. Verse 34, truly I tell you, this generation, the whole multitude of people living at the same time, in a definite given period, now this generation, Jesus speaking to them, will not pass away till all these things taken together take place. Okay. Sky and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So now Jesus said it will take place in this generation he said there will be a great tribulation such as there never was such as there never will be and then he repeated and he says it will happen in this generation speaking to these people here in front of him okay so they were the ones who saw it okay so in their generation 70 a.d the temple was destroyed. Jerusalem was under siege. Everything was burned down. That was the greatest tribulation, the greatest suffering there ever was on the earth. And never again will there be suffering like this. Not even one of the world wars was like that day, like that, that time in Jerusalem. Okay? So, um, I just want you to realize there is no gap between the weeks of years. There, the whole uh, dispensationalism, dispensationalism idea, the whole uh, pre- tribulation formula falls apart completely if there is no gap if the last week of years is still yet to be fulfilled then that whole theory will you know might stand all the other scriptures that they take out of context might even uh, you know the, we might even get away with it but the that weeks of years has been fulfilled all that stuff is past tense it is completely fulfilled which now means that the, the, whether you are pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation or, or post-tribulation, there is no more tribulation coming because Jesus said it will happen in this generation. And he repeated it twice. He said in this generation. And he said there will no more be ever such a tribulation as there was in that time. And that was fulfilled in 70 AD. Okay, so now I just want to quickly jump to First Thessalonians. Just to spend a little time well, unfortunately we don't have a lot of time here now but i just want to read first thessalonians 4 to you all right 
1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13. Now also we would not have you ignorant, brethren, about those who fall asleep in death, that you may not grieve for them, as there is do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will also bring with him, through Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in death. So we need to get away from this idea that one day I will go back and see Aunt Susie. No, Aunt Susie will come back here. So the earth is here. What God is doing is here on the earth, not planet heaven. Those people are waiting to be resurrected. You're not supposed to wait to go to heaven. This is the playing field. They are waiting to come back here. All right? For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word, that we who are alive and remain, not those who are dead and gone, not those who will be snatched away in secret and then the plane will crash if that guy was a pilot or whatever, you know. <laughs> then, then all the airlines must have, you know, non-Christian pilots so that the airplane can at least land, you know. What kind of wicked God would snatch away a pilot and let all the people crash? All those ideas of, and the movies that people have of the rapture is crazy. For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word that we are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. Not until the going of the church, until the coming of the Lord. Shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage at all over those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. It will happen the same time, basically. Those who have fallen asleep in death will be resurrected and we will be changed in the same time. Okay, for now verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from the heaven with a loud cry of summons, with a shout of an archangel and with a blast of, of a trumpet of God. That word trumpet, it is a message. It is a, it's a voice. Those who have departed this life in Christ will rise first. Then we, the living ones who remain. Okay. So we remain here, on earth, shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected dead in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now here comes the big thing where people get distracted. Okay, I just want to read the King James. He says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be ever with the Lord. Okay, now... Firstly, it's alive and remain, not snatched away. Secondly, caught up. Now, the word rapture does not ever feature in the scriptures. It is not there. It is assumed and it's combined with all kinds of things and philosophies and ideas. Okay? It's not there. Okay? So now, the word caught up. Ezekiel was caught up. He's sitting next to the river Chebar. And he was there. He was caught up. And he saw visions of God. He was there next to the river in captivity in the Babylonian time. Okay. In Psalm 137, you know, all the Israelites sat there next to the same river. And they say, in the rivers of Babylon, we sat down. <clears throat> and there we wept. And, um, when we remembered Zion and they asked us to, us to sing a, a new song. And we said, how can we sing a new song in a strange land? All right. So they wept. But he was caught up. You know, if you take... Uh, Paul, he was caught up into the third heaven and he saw visions of God. He, he, he into the body, out of the body, he said he does not know. Okay, but he was caught up. He had an experience with God. Where was his body? Right there. Where was Ezekiel's body? Right there next to the river. John, he was there in tribulation on the Isle of Patmos in, in the quarry hitting the rocks. Okay, And he, he saw visions of God. 
Where was he? Right there on Patmos. Where? But he was caught up in the spirit. Okay. So caught up does not mean that you disappear from the earth. Caught up means that you your attention is fully on the things of the spirit and not on the, th the things of the earth. You are present with the Lord. With other words, you are still in your body, but you are completely conscious of God and Christ, and you are completely unconscious of everything, all the tribulation, all the stuff that is around you. Okay? Caught up means that you are so completely focused on something that all the other stuff just fades away. You know, like turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That's song. Okay? Caught up. Alright? So, then he says, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Now, them in the clouds, you know, Moses went up the mountain, there was a cloud, and God spoke to him, and he came down, and he gave the law. Alright? So, <clears throat> and uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration, and there was a cloud. And he, they saw Moses and Elijah, and they were on the mountain there, and, um, and they... Uh, Peter wanted to build them huts, and uh, then God spoke, This is my son, hear ye him. So they looked up and they only saw Jesus, right? So, and then Jesus' clothes became full of glory. It was in a cloud, all right? So, um, in Acts chapter 1, uh, Jesus, his ascension, you know, two men suddenly stood there, and a cloud received him out of their sight. He went from the seen to the unseen, into the spiritual dimension, into a, a spiritual higher realm of the glory of God. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out. So the Holy Spirit in which he entered into was poured out. So Christ is in us and among us and upon us. Jesus lives in his body. Okay. Hebrews 11, he says, uh, he speaks of the cloud of witnesses, all those people who have borne testimony to the truth, you know, done things in faith, you know, speaking of Moses and speaking of Noah and speaking of Abraham and all those heroes of faith, um, who did certain things in faith. They died, but they entered into the cloud. Hebrews 12 says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us run this race with steady and active persistence. Uh, you know, uh, eyes focused on Jesus, um, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So, those who died are in the presence. They are in the cloud. So now, if they are in the cloud, with them in the clouds, he, we will be caught up together with those who fell asleep who are now coming back with Jesus, with them in the cloud. Okay? To meet the Lord in the air. Now, that word air is the, it's the Greek word A-E-R, air. Okay? That word means to breathe. Air. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the higher you go, the thinner it gets. So if we're going to meet the Lord in the air, it will be right here on the ground. Now, the implication to me, we will meet, the, we will be caught up. Wow, we will have this open vision. So, so with other words, all these spiritual unseen things will just, bam, be spiritual. There will be spiritual manifestations, and we will see all these spiritual things. Okay? It will be clear to the eye, out in the open, out in the air. Okay, so there will be manifestations. Those will come back. They will they will be resurrected, and we will get our, our glorified bodies. We who are alive and remain <laughs> will get our glorified bodies, and we will be caught up with this whole thing, and it will be out in the open. This, the unseen spiritual will manifest and become seen. Okay, that is what that is what it's speaking about. Okay, 
and we will meet the Lord in there. And so always, through eternity of eternities, we shall be with the Lord. So it means uh, we shall be with the Lord. It does not mean uh, the Lord will snatch us away and now we will get on a GTI cloud to heaven and sit there and then uh, you know, there will be tribulation on the earth and stuff on the earth and then you know, we will come back and then we will tempt by the devil. That stuff is, is absolute nonsense. Please, I beg of you, just search the scriptures, open your heart and just realize that these things does not speak of you that need to, to attain uh, perfection by dependence of your own flesh. It does not mean that you have to perform perfectly to qualify for some rapture. Okay, It is not the truth. The truth of the gospel is the following. Jesus Christ paid the price. He destroyed all rule and authority that was there before him. He came and he established and inaugurated the kingdom of God on the earth through the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it was demonstrated through the working of signs, wonders, and miracles in the lives of the apostles, and also in the lives of believers today, here, now. You do not uh, have to uh, make yourself better to get to take a flight. There is no flight. Jesus is coming and is bringing them with him. So I trust that this will set you free. Uh, there is no rapture of the church. Isn't that good news? <laughs> the Bible says, if you, if you want to look at unfulfilled prophecy, things that needs to come, you know, in um, Habakkuk 2, and there's also in Isaiah, it says, uh, as sure as I live, and the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. So, I really believe the glory of God will fill all the earth. I believe signs, wonders, and miracles will fill the, all the earth. I believe this stone of the, of, of the kingdom of God will just grow and grow and grow and fill all the earth. And until there is nothing of weak, wickedness and stuff and tribulation left. All right? So we need to realize this, that uh, when we uh, enter into the kingdom of God, we cease from our own labors. And we rest and we start to operate in the rest of God. We start to operate... Uh, by the authority of Christ, and we rest in what He did for us, okay? And it is absolutely nothing to do with what you have to do. If, if people will, are taken away, so those who remain, it's not necessarily the wicked. In the days of Noah, the, the wicked were taken away, the righteous was left. So I just want to bless you with this. I pray that it will set you free. Amen.